They say it's lonely at the top in whatever you do. You always gotta watch motherfuckers around you. Nobody's invincible, no plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with and do your thing with could set you up and wet you up. Nigga, peep the language, it's universal. You play with fire, it may hurt you or burn you. Lessons are blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lace tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. There ain't nobody to trust. It's like sabotage. It's got me ready to bust, but I can't jeopardize what I've done up to this point. So I'ma get more guys to help me. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the CW Clinic. Episode 17 coming at you. My name is Chris. This is a podcast for the first time in a month focusing on criticism. Uh, guys, listen, uh, we've taken the past month off from recording for many reasons. You know, first and foremost, we do this for free, okay? We don't get paid, but we love to help people. Both Steve and I are leaders when it comes to wanting to help people. We don't look at it as money. We look at it as adding value to our lives, adding value to your lives, helping people by learning from our mistakes. That being said, over the past month, a lot of shit's been going on, all right? So 2019 hit. I had my fucking crazy-ass goals all planned out, ready to go. I've been finishing up my books for 2018, which... Um, when you're when you're dealing with seven figures of revenue, it's a lot of intricate numbers. It's very stressful for a guy like me who's not an accountant, but I do have the understanding of accounting. Um, I've been running both my companies, pushing them as fucking fast as I can. I was, I honestly, I was working my balls off the past month. I was working my balls off to the point that I had a realization that, um, granted. I do push, I do I do lead, I do mentor, I do everything I can to move everybody forward to include me and my fucking companies and everybody involved in them, but I am not perfect. And something that I realized uh, actually talking to my girlfriend, Ooh. <laughs> shout out, what's up, Bree? Um, I got focused too much on what I don't have in where I want to be, in lost sight of what I do have, in where I am. All right? So, using myself as an example, okay? I am always the hardest one, the hardest working person in the room. Always. I want to be in a fucking room where I'm not the hardest working one. So I can look at them and be like, I got to get there. But the point is, I work hard and I lead by example by working hard. And sometimes I work so hard for so long, meaning months on end, months without days off, that I start to fall apart. And when I have that mindset of move forward, move forward, take ground, move forward, which is part of the entrepreneurial spirit, it's very easy to be focused on where you want to be and forget what you have. Mm. All right. First things first, guys. What I do on a morning, morningly basis is I count my blessings. You've heard me talk about this. And yes, I'll thank 
my father is who I talk to, for the day, for being alive, for two profitable companies, for my beautiful girlfriend, for my loving mother, for my amazing dogs, for food that I have in the fridge to eat, for clothes on my back, for my small house, my roof over my head. But granted, I talk about that every morning as soon as I wake up, but I would lose sight of it immediately and focus on where I want to be. And in conversation with Bree, she she's extremely intelligent and has the same success mindset that I have. And she picked up on it immediately. She's like, well, you're forgetting about what you already have. You have two companies that are prosperous, full of employees that love you, that literally try to get your praise out of you so they can feel better. You have thousands of customers. You hit 100,000 eyes on social media a week. You have whatever, the materialistic shit. You have the ability to travel whenever you want, eat whatever you want. Let's not lose sight of that. To include food in your fridge, clothes on your back, dogs that, that, that literally think you're the world. And when you put that sort of thing in perspective for a guy like me, it realigns me to where I need to be focused on the future, but not forgetting the past. And just being real, I've pushed really hard the past month, and it was really good to be able to take one day off this month. I took Valentine's Day off. And guys, I love what I do, but I made a pact uh, with Bree that we would not discuss business and or do any quote work for the day. And I did it. And it was an amazing day. We got, we woke up, she cooked me breakfast, um, which was awesome. She's a great cook. I'm honored to like sit there and not be allowed to do anything and just be cooked for. Then we went to the gym. Then we uh, got massages. Then we went to dinner and then had drinks. And it was no work at all the entire day, which is a rarity for me. Um, something along the lines of the first time in seven months, I haven't done that. And um, the point is, I've been pushing hard the past month. Uh, I've been busy with my companies. And we've made tremendous progress in both companies over the past month. And I'm developing my programming for my third company. And then at the same time, I have my co-host next to me who's got his own plate, which is full, right? Oh, this yeah. this dude, right? Not only is he a teacher, which is not more than a nine-to-five job. It's a seven-to-three job along the lines. I would but, say a good week is 80 hours. But yeah, you're getting paid for seven-to-three, but yep. you have multiple hours a day in addition to work at home. And you have a couple of side hustles to include this. And you're planning your wedding. Yeah, man. The co-host, the producer, the dude who has squared away our audio, gotten us pretty much back on iTunes. By the way, guys, we are, we are finally being approved for iTunes at this very moment, which is a big deal for us, which is a, a goal that I set for Steve that he is accomplishing and he is doing the brains behind the operation in the sense of logistical stuff when it comes to all the tech shit. Stephen Taft, what's up, bro? First off, 
if this ever reaches the ears of those approving us for the Apple iTunes process, fix yo shit. <laughs> this was entirely too complicated of a process, man. You got great shit like this coming at you. You got content creators that want to provide something to your platform. Make it easier for people with intelligence to get on there. Holy shit. Um, yeah, guys, this this past month has been a thing. And, and you said a lot of things that kind of resonated with me throughout that. Um, I'm going to start off with one of the reasons that we missed uh, a day that wasn't a podcast, guys. Something really exciting that's happening is uh, a gentleman that Chris is associated with volunteers his time to come up, help us look at uh, a space that we could turn into a permanent podcast studio, which is absolutely exciting. And I was supposed to go up there and meet him and uh, couldn't because my car was uh, essentially being taken from me. Which, uh, long story short, guys, a bunch of paperwork and logistics didn't go through that literally everybody said was no fault of my own. However, it led to a process that um, initially was fucking terrible. Absolutely terrible. But when it was said and done, don't get me wrong, I was frustrated. But more than anything, I was grateful. And at the end, when you... I'm not going to give you guys the whole story, but I long story short... This was a four-day process that I had to use two personal days from work to take care of. For those of you who are in the teaching realm, you know that if you keep those till you retire, that's essentially $300 worth of value out the window for taking those two personal days. And $900 out of my pocket to fix what should have been a $52 mistake in a clerical error in the tax office. Now, you might hear that and go, shit, that sounds like you just wasted $850. Well, it's $1,200. Yeah. 900 and change a year dollars and 300 te- in teaching yeah. days. And I was, don't get me wrong, guys, I was steamed. I was pissed. And I was actually telling my students um, about the story <laughs> because nobody teaches them how to do taxes. Nobody teaches them how to keep a car street legal. Nobody teaches them these things. So when shit happens in my life that nobody taught me in high school, real life lessons, I will pause the day. I will teach you how to get car insurance. I will teach you how to go apply for your drivers. I will teach you how to live your life because somebody needs to do it. That's some value. But I stopped and I told him the story. And one of the kids looks at me and goes, Mister, you must still be pissed. I was like, no, I'm frustrated, which is different. But most importantly, I'm grateful. Because if, if three years ago I had to pay $900 out of my pocket, I would not have made rent. I would not have had groceries for that week. All the things that my day-to-day life needs, $900 would have broke me. It didn't. Did it put a dent in my wedding fund? Hell yeah, it did. I kept clothes on my back. I kept a roof over my head. I kept food on the table. And in that moment, realizing that I could not... Three years ago, I would literally be on the street right now. That was cool. That was a cool moment for me to look at something that should have been awful. And be like, yo, you're fine. Tomorrow's going to come. How are you getting that money back? That was one reason we missed uh, a podcast day or a, a work day in the podcast realm. Just a pause. I don't mean to interrupt. That's a matter of perspective. You had your fucking plate full and you had more shit added onto it. And you looked at it as a blessing that you could handle it. That's perspective. Please continue. It's a good lesson. Yeah, man. And then uh, we had the flu. 
Immediately followed by the biggest man cold. You were all fucked up. Man. Yeah. Chris came by, uh, was that last weekend, dude? I don't even know. I was so out Last of weekend you had the, the, the migraine. The week before you canceled because of the flu. Yeah. No, well, the week before was the car. The week prior to that was the flu. Guys, it got to the point where, you know what? And this goes back to what you were saying about um, pushing forward, pushing forward, not stopping. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't do a good job of, and uh, I know I don't do a good job of it, is knowing when I've hit. It, it's great to push yourself, but every human has a limit. I knew I surpassed my limit two weeks ago. And I kept pushing it. And my body broke down. I wasn't taking care of myself. Was it, I was getting like five hours of sleep. I was skipping meals. I was out there hustling. You know, I was, I was going, 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 going. Didn't take care of myself. It's funny you say that because the same thing happened to me in my life. Just I wasn't getting sick. I was just pushing so hard for so long to move us forward so badly that my, my body broke not my body but my 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 mind broke in patience mm. my 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 tolerance for bullshit just shrunk drastically and i found myself snapping not aggressively just i wouldn't normally i could coach people through stupidity for ba- yeah, lack sure. of better words and i'd just be like well what the fuck man Mm-hmm. That's going to do nothing other than upset someone else and aggravate me more because I don't, I shouldn't be like that. Yep. If, if I'm employing almost 60 fucking people and have 10,000 customers and I look at someone and go, what the fuck, man? The odds of you running into stupidity with that amount of people is pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I run into stupidity every fucking day, man. But the cool part is like, it's your perspective. You know, I'm blessed with the ability to be looked at as a problem solver and a leader and someone that can help with these situations. So if my if my fuse or my temper is shortened and I snap and say things like that, it's a trigger for me in the sense of something's wrong, Chris. Something's wrong. It's funny that you say that. And, and I, I don't mean to force us into our topic of criticism for the day, but it kind of transitions too perfectly not to. Um, you know, I brought this up as, as something that I want to discuss with you, um, the topic of criticism. And kind of what made me really step back and reflect was uh, the exact same thing. I work with young people. For anybody that works with young people, you know that you don't have a well of patience you need a fucking sea of patience. Young people will wear on your patience quicker than anything out there. Um, sometimes not even through their own fault. And I've, I've made a career and, and built the respect of my colleagues upon uh, not necessarily my teaching skill, but my ability to relate with young people and be patient with them. And I had a good friend of mine, um, Grinrod, I don't know if you listen, but uh, pointed out to me that there was a day I was just being a dick to everybody. Mm-hmm. And he flat out called me on. He was like, dude, this isn't you. This is not who you are. This is not how you teach. And uh, it kind of made me step back because all he's ever done. I share a classroom with him. From day one, he, he told me, he was like, I doubted you. And then I watched you teach. 
and I'm, I'm proud to call you a colleague, which was a freaking great compliment. Remind the audience that this is year one year, at this yes, job, yes. At, at this school. At the largest school in our county. Um, you know, going from one of the smallest schools with the biggest behavior problems to one of the largest schools in uh, roughly a 30-town area. Um, you know, and, and for him to come at me that way kind of made me stop and reflect. And uh, I know a lot of people might look at that and be like, yo, why, why was he hating on you? Doesn't he understand everything that's going on? But that's not how I took it. And it made me pause for a second, which brings us to our topic today of, of criticism. And I know you have lots of thoughts on criticism. For those that joined us with our live, guys, we're, we're going to try to implement this. Uh, going live as we're setting up and getting into our, our podcast. So if you're not following... Uh, at Chris Warren's one, make sure you are. So you get on those lives. Um, you had some thoughts on this, man. What is your stance on criticism? Yo, so guys, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the content that we come up with, you know, we put our minds together on what we want to talk about and not for any reason other than like my mind just tries to develop content for all of my platforms. A lot of the topics usually come from me it's not that I'm better at creating content for the podcast. It's just my mind is always spinning on how to get better mm-hmm. and grow bigger and, you know, content and personal branding and such. But Steve actually came to me with this topic probably about two months ago. Yeah. Uh, well before our last, quote, admin day where we were talking about um, our boy Ben who wants to build us a podcasting studio in my gym. And, he's a, and Steve told me, he's like, I really want to talk about criticism. And uh, this is a great topic uh, for everyone. And this this topic's awesome for me to talk about because I get criticized every single day. Every single fucking day I get criticized. What does that look like? Well, before I give the example of criticism, I really want to discuss two separate issues. Okay. Being able to decipher which is which Mm -hmm. is vitally important, okay? There's two different things that commonly get confused for the same thing, all right? And I'm being general. There's criticism, and then there's hate, okay? Let's start with the latter of the two, just because it's very easy for me at this point now 11 years into business to understand which is which. I get criticized 99% of the time and hate less than 1% of the time. All right. Hate. Hate is someone tries to murder your cats. Okay. I will fuck them up. Hate is someone slashes the tires in your car. Hate is someone jumps you and beats the shit out of you. Hate is someone that goes online and tries to destroy your public image because they're fucking jealous. And if you can gather from my tone, it's happened to me. All right? The long story short is I told a customer, customer, no. No, I cannot give you this deal because it's unfair to the rest of the customers. This man 
was so aggressive and so outlandish about demanding that he get it for whatever his entitled fucking mentality was behind it, that when he continually was told no by me, I realized very quickly that this very large man, 6'5", 300 plus pounds, bald-headed, very easy to be looked at as aggressive, even if he wasn't aggressive, but he is aggressive, is used to getting what he wants because of his intimidation factor. I've always been the guy my entire life that I will tell those sort of people to fuck off. I don't care how big you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how aggressive you are. I stand six foot, 210 pounds. I don't fight. That's not my, 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 my mission in life, though I can fight and very well, as we all know. Okay. Um, and I don't pride myself on that. You know, but I've been doing MMA on and off for 10 years, went to war twice, got wounded once, okay? I could fight with weapons, I can fight with my hands, and I can fight with words, which is negotiation. But this man wasn't told no, ever. And I, as professionally as I could, told him no. And he took it so much to heart that he went online, not once, but twice at separate occasions to bring my business down because he didn't get what he wanted. And he did. He built a Yelp. He went on Google, gave me like my second one-star review in 11 years, had his son go and do it, opened another Google account just to put it on there and stir the pot a year later. You know, went to the local newspapers and wrote some horseshit article about me. That's hate. That's hate. Criticism, on the other hand, and you know what? I'm just going to say this publicly because you know, just in case he hears this, I, I wish you the best, man. I want you to be successful in your fitness goals, and I hope your new gym is a good home for you. I'm happy that I was once the owner of the gym that you attended, and down the road... I hope in hindsight you realize that it was just a big misunderstanding in the sense that, guess what? Everyone in life is told no. And for once, you were, and you had to deal with it. But I wish you the best, bro. And that's the type of dude I am. I hope you're successful. I don't care what you've done to me. It doesn't bother me. You didn't take any bread off my plate. I hope everything is good in your life because everything's great in mine, regardless of what has happened. That's hate, guys. Criticism is different. Criticism is, it could be looked at as a very negative way of talking to someone or what a lot of us do is unfortunately see criticism as a negative, all right? Because to be honest, most people don't have a tactful bone in their body, mm. okay? I've studied Dale Carnegie just to understand how to be tactful, all right? But criticism could be a lot of things, just like your, uh, just like your coworker telling you, hey, dude, why are you being a dick? 
Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean he's being rude to you. He's just trying to help you. Maybe not selecting his words as well as he could. And I'm just using this as an example. No, no, but you know what, though? I would also say that he's at a level with me. He doesn't need to choose his words carefully. Right, but for the audience's sake of understanding criticism, a lot of people will just say things like, why are you dressed like that? You look Mm -hmm. terrible. That can offend someone. And man, that color... That color's not for you. <laughs> that, yeah, that could, and a lot of us we get offended and and we think it's hate, but it's not. They're very indirectly criticizing you to where you could be or do better. Mm-hmm. Criticism, in my opinion, all right. Criticism, in my opinion, is not hate. Okay, it could be hurtful. It could be detrimental. It could be looked at as negative. But if you break it down fundamentally, it can help you get better. Yeah. you know That's the difference between criticism and hate, guys. A, a property, I like to attach to it, right? When, so let's say you are currently criticizing me, right? If I can identify the actionable item within your statement, it's criticism. Steve, you know, the, the man cave, it, it's too fucking cluttered, man. It, it makes doing the podcast difficult. Okay. What's the actual item in there? I could declutter the room to improve the quality of the podcast. Boom. Steve, you're an ugly piece of shit. Well, I mean, there is a actual item in there. I could get a haircut, get a new wardrobe, but that's, that's not going to appease that person. That person is saying that to get a rise out of me. And it also could be looked at as hate, but it's really not. So at the end of the day, if there's, I like to look at it for me, you might be different. If I could find something in there, I could take action upon to improve something, to do something better, to look at something from a different perspective. Criticism. If all you're doing is trying to bring me down and, or get a rise, AKA drama out of it. Now I know you're in the realm of hate. That's how I could define it. When Grimron looks at me and says, hey, dude, why are you being a dick? I know what, first off, not to get the, the lines muddled here. He has, he's, that's my boy. In the same way that you could look at me and just, there doesn't need to be tact between you and me. Because I know with our relationship, anything you're saying to me is to improve my life. Now, if this were somebody that I was not as close with, perhaps a better approach would have been like, hey, man, this statement here that you said towards the kids sounded a little harsh. Was there a better way of going about it? You could have that tact. So, so my identifying mark is what do you want me to act upon? And where is it coming from? Is it coming from a place to build me up? Or are you just trying to rip me down? So if I could do something about it and to make my life better, okay, you're criticizing me. Cool. What do I do now, though? Well, you find the lesson in it. All right, I found the lesson. For, for instance, in the example that you're using, you kind of check yourself. All right, well, maybe I am being a dick. All right, so um, you know what I need to do? I, I want to get through today being as less dick as possible and go home and relax. So tomorrow I can come back and provide value and help these kids. And I think this bridges into a perfect topic of um, 
you know, a very common form of criticism these days is social media. Yeah. All right. So I get complimented on my content pretty often. You know, it's something that I hear pretty often. Of course, I think I could do better. But, you know, last year I had someone comment on my stuff and say, "Um, dude, your, your content sucks. It needs to get better. Initially, I thought it was hate. And then I realized, well, what if there's some truth behind that? And I really just kind of like let it sit and understand that, okay, it's not a very nice way of saying it, but I could get better at my content. And realistically, if someone is saying it, others are thinking it. Mm -hmm. And the lesson behind the example is you can always be better and things that you do likely can always be better. It's all in how you look at the situation. Criticism is just a way of poking holes in what you're doing and how things can get better. The, in my opinion, the difference is differentiate between hate and criticism. Mm-hmm. Hate, like we explained, is very different than criticism. I, I also like to point out something just for those that might be in a field where this is relevant. Uh, Chris brought up a point of if one person's saying it, others are thinking it. In the realm of teaching, we like to think of it as the rules of five. If one student was brave enough to raise their hand and ask it, it's probably because five other students are also thinking it. Right, because they don't want to say it. Right. So, you know, that might be relevant to whatever your profession is that you're listening right now. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. You're out there. You're worried about your business and how to improve it. Maybe you provide a service like myself where you're out there, you're teaching, or you're – I mean, I I can't really think of any realm where, you know – if somebody says it, weigh it. There's another piece to that too, though, right? Improving your content was important to you. And with the amount of criticism I get in my job daily, daily, I have four bosses in my building that all stop by my room daily, right? And most of the time, I'm, I'm grateful. I actually have um, some fantastic bosses. And you know one of them at the beginning of the year, I was so stressed about them. We talked about it almost every time he came over. I thought this individual hated me. Yeah, they had something going on, didn't they? No, no. They were testing me. Uh, they're old school. This individual happens to be in the early 70s. And they're from the generation where you don't sugarcoat it. This is what I expect out of you. Do the job or let's find somebody else that could do it. And once I came to understand that about them and the way that they offer criticism, I'm really close with that person now. Um, but there was a point I lost here. In all this, because I got sidetracked by oh, oh the, the four bosses, people that can come and criticize you, yeah. right? So, I have all these people that come criticize me. Some of them have teaching experience, like the woman I just mentioned. I greatly value what she thinks is missing in my teacher game. There's other people that have never stood in front of a classroom ever in their life. It bring up topics that I have to stop and go. Listen, I've been suggested five things I can improve on approve upon today. Realistically, for me. I can really only work on about three things at a time. After that, I get overloaded and I don't really improve on anything, right? So I've got to weigh these criticisms. Sometimes they're just not important to me and I don't think that they're the thing I need to be focusing on. For instance, all right, I'm one of those teachers. I know I'm weird. I don't believe a test, man. I don't think a test is going to tell me anything about you. Um, I know people that are absolutely brilliant. You put a test in front of them, it's shut down city. I'd rather have you D 
do something for me. Present a project. Come up with an original idea and share it with me, right? That's the type of person I am. So when somebody comes to me and goes, your data on tests sucks, I kind of just keep it moving because it's not important to me. So when that person came to you and goes, your social media sucks, well, there's two things you could do. Ignore it or weigh it. You know what? That is important to me. As a business owner, the way I appear on social media is fucking important, and I want to do something about that. I think there's three things, and you're right. And I'd like to add, you can ignore it. You could use it as the motivation, like you mentioned, or you can fester on it. Mm. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, take criticism and like really let it control how they act or what they do negatively. You got to let me cut you off. You got to. Go ahead. The thing that brought this topic up, I was invited into another teacher's classroom. I don't go, listen, teacher world, it's weird. I don't mess with other people's classrooms. This individual invited me in. At lunch, asked if we could spend 10 minutes to talk about how their lesson went, what I thought of it. So you invited me in, and I'm giving you 10 minutes of my 35 free minutes a day. I gave them my honest review, and they fucking festered on it. And what does that do to somebody when they fester on it? Listen, if you let... I would imagine they disagreed with what you said. Yeah. If you let, look, guys, and, and I say this because I've been in your seat, Steve. I've and I've been in your seat more times than I can count. But where I've been more so than that is where your coworker was slash is. I've let criticism control me. And the negative like manifestation that happens when you allow what we think is negative to affect us for probably the majority of my life. From as far back as I can remember as a kid to probably, it's hard to say exactly, but mid-20s, maybe late 20s. So two-thirds of my life. There's an ironic connection here, guys. As somebody that's known this man through that time, when he really started to fucking take off was in his late 20s. <laughs> I wonder if there's a connection here. Oh, there's 100% <laughs> a connection. And, and you know, and it, it really shows how smart Steve is. And, you know, that's one of the luxuries of, of knowing each other for 20 years is we, we know each other. And, uh, you know, the, it's, it's perspective, guys. It's perspective. And if you want a, a lesson from us on perspective... Listen to episode one and two. The audio sucks, we know, but the message is but the content's legit. All right. And the point is it's all in how you look at it. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking in the sense of I used to let criticism affect me as I thought it was hate. Remember, Mm. we talked about the difference between separating the two. And you know, there's this there's this quote, and I'm paraphrasing from Bruce Lee. I've seen it on memes all the time. It's like something along the lines of, um, you know, the longer you allow the words of others to affect you, the more power you give them, and the less power you have. So, like, first things for first things first, if you can differentiate the different differentiate the difference between hate and criticism, that's your first step. The second step is if you can understand that the criticism is likely progressive that's your second step and then the third step would be to you know 
execute on it. But where a lot of people get hung up is they think the criticism's negative and they manifest it and allow it to control their, their actions. And it could even derail them for the day or the week or the month, guys. And I, and I know that you're going through it because I've been through it. You know, I'm turning 34 in, what's, what's today, the 17th? Yeah, yeah. I'm turning 34 in like nine weeks, all right? And as we sit here, I can sift through hate and criticism and, and look at the criticism and find the hole in my game and improve upon it. But prior to that, in my, in my mid-20s, say, up until that point, I would let the criticism just destroy me, mm. whether it was on social media or it was in person. You know, like, and, you know, a criticism that I use, uh, uh, example, pretty regularly on this show is, you know, um, it, it comes from family members a lot, guys. And, you know, I had a very prominent person in my family for many years make fun of me and criticize me on what I was doing in the sense of not having a real job and playing business. When are, you, when are you going to go get a job and, and, and stop, you know, doing whatever it is you're doing? And, like, I would let these words just, like, manifest into negative and my feelings for that person just fell apart. And the point is allowing other people's criticism. In her mind, she was criticizing me to get better. Sure. In my mind, I was looking at it as negative and detrimental and I didn't want to be around this person and in reality there's a lesson in there yeah I wanted to grow I just wasn't ready to grow yet because the words were negative to me now if someone said that to me you know when are you going to stop playing business and go get a real job I would be like what go use my MBA why why would I go work for someone else when I can work for myself and do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, how I like it. And the point is, and before you go off on it, and I know you're going to say something important, Steve, but the, point, <laughs> but the point is, guys, I know how it is to have criticism affect you negatively. And the first step is deciphering what the hate is and what criticism is, and then not letting the negative outlook on it affect you. Look at it as positive. Criticism's positive, guys. It's positive in the sense of someone tells you you're being a dick. It's probably because you are being a dick. You just don't realize it. So see the lesson and fucking change it. And it's that simple, but it's how you shift your mindset on it. Go ahead. So I work with this guy that's been teaching for 40... I always forget it's 42 or 45 years. And he's really old school in the way of teaching. Uh, doesn't adapt a lot of the new philosophies. But uh, I was talking to him the other day about what he called having thick skin, which is really your ability to accept criticism. And he explained it in a way that kind of made me laugh. And uh, it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about. Um, he said you could be one of two people in the world. The king in his castle or the knight in his armor. And no, he's not talking about chivalry. He's not talking about privilege. You could be sitting on your throne with your walls up while people throw shit over those walls, infecting your area, right? Which is literally what happens to me. Or, instead of keeping your walls up, you build armor to the criticism. Mm -hmm. You allow them to attack you. 
and you seek the opportunity to fight back. Now, what he means by fighting back is not necessarily fighting those that are criticizing you. They're coming in with their attacks, and you're acting upon them. And you know what? The king's throne will never move. That's his kingdom. The knight can always go to where he needs to be. And if you look at history, man, as a history teacher, which this gentleman and I both are, kings fall all the time. Usually who rises was the knight willing to seize that power. The point is, is that if your defense mechanism is to stay stationary in your thinking and to put your walls up, people are just going to continue to throw that shit over the walls until you're sitting there festering in the shit. Or you could grow your armor, keep it moving, position yourself where you need to be, and allow those you want to close to you with the flexibility to keep it moving. So if you want to sit there and let shit fester, you go ahead and you sit on your throne. But know that's the best your kingdom will ever be. So let me piggyback off this because he's absolutely right. And we're going to use an example of criticism that I got this morning. Guys, I get criticized all the fucking time. All the fucking time. I mean, I'm told that I'm running my businesses incorrectly. You know, from people who A, have never had a business. B, understand business. Or C, just think they're, you know, God's gift for whatever reason. So it's very easy to see through their bullshit, but I get criticized on everything. You're doing things wrong. You're not running things right. Uh, you know, um, you're you're you know you work out too much. You eat too healthy. You know, you're too opinionated. You know, bah, 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 bah. I can go on and on and on. Um, and the point is, I've I've grown that armor that Steve's talk about, and I've learned to, you know, sift through the bullshit. And if there's lessons in it, I apply it because I'm in a different place. Uh, of thinking because I'm very open-minded but on a business level I'm going to tell a story about how I was criticized today and keep in mind today's Sunday yeah okay um, I woke up to a message on Facebook in regards to one of my companies the gym and it was from a customer criticizing me that there's mold in the showers okay pause this customer has has a history of criticizing me. And that's fine. Every time I see him, I'm still happy to see him because he's poking holes in my business that I can easily fix. Mm-hmm. Now, remember that statement. He's poking holes in my business that I can easily fix. All right? That's criticism. It's a lesson. There's positive involved in it. But this individual who will remain nameless tells me that there's mold in my showers He addressed it nine days ago to one of our managers, and the managers told him that uh, it was addressed to ownership and nothing has happened, so now he's coming directly to me via Facebook. Okay, okay, so let's just explore this. Customer is unhappy because there's mold in the showers. It's been addressed. My manager did not tell me. Now the customer is pissed off to the point because it hasn't been fixed that he's coming directly to me. Okay. Just understand it for what it is. Now, let's look at the facts behind this. There are showers. Mold. I don't know the science behind it. Happens in wet places. Grows in moist places. It happens on the human body. Mm-hmm. Yeast, I believe, is mold, correct? It, it helps form molds, yes. Right. It helps grow it. All right, all right. So it happens on the human body. 
It happens in showers. It happens around bodies of water. It happens in places where it's wet, moist. Some people don't like that word. I like that word. Okay. So is there a chance that this is true? Yeah. I'm identifying the lesson right now. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine that. Mold in a fucking shower. Okay. But I'm not too good to think that it's not happening at my gym. But pause. I know my cleaning lady well. She's a friend of mine. She works for me. And she's phenomenal. So there's a chance that what he's bringing to our attention is the same issue that's been brought to my attention for three years that the sealant of the tiles that is dark yellow orangey that the last plumber or whoever used to seal the tiles is mistaken very often as mold okay do you follow what i'm saying steve yeah there's a chance that he's right there's a chance that he's wrong now the underlying issue here is is there truth behind the fact that he went to my manager and my manager didn't tell me okay Though being a uh, uh, high performer like myself, just because a customer is criticizing your business doesn't necessarily mean there's truth to it, but their point is it needs to get handled. So I didn't get all pissed off and start yelling at that manager. I put my cleaning lady and that manager in a group text. I screenshotted the Facebook message and just simply asked, hey guys, is there any truth to this? It's a very easy way to get to the bottom of the issue. Uh, manager says, yes, it was addressed. No, I did not tell him that it would go to ownership, but I haven't checked on it to see if it got resolved, for the most part. Cleaning lady says, I clean the showers every day. I spend my time in there every day, you know, you know, preferencing there's fucking mold that can grow yeah. in showers. I will take a look at it tonight and let you know exactly what I find. Okay. So the point is, if there is actual mold, it's going to get resolved. The pictures are going to get sent to me. I already responded to the customer that I would handle it ASAP. And he could have been poking holes in the company. And I don't know if this is true. But I looked at it, and it was in a very criticizing manner that it was articulated to me because he's similar in age to that boss that gave you a hard time, mm -hmm. you know, and they look at us as kids. Yeah. Okay. I'm, Lazy kids. Bro, I run a million-dollar company, all right? I'm not a child, okay? I hold an MBA. I employ 60 people. I'm not a fucking kid. I'm 34 years old. Let's not, let's, let's dis, let's not even mention that I went to war twice. Right. Okay, so let's not be condescending, all right? Maybe you should study Dale Carnegie and understand tactfulness. But that's my criticism back. You, you get it? Well, I also look at this as there's, there's two issues that the, immediately you're like, okay, here's solution one, here's solution two, right. here's possibility three if neither one of those solutions needs to be handled. And that's what I was saying. I'm a high performer. I'm immediately going to solve the problem. Right. If, is there, if there's a problem, we're going to solve right. it. If there's mold, there's cleaner. Yeah. If my manager didn't tell me, 
then I'm going to address the communication issue. Or there's no mold. Or I have to address the cleaner for not cleaning. Or there's no mold. It's not a big deal. Just because someone's criticizing you doesn't mean it has to derail you. Mm -hmm. You just have to identify, is it a problem? Can I improve upon it? Or in some cases, is it actual hate? You know, is there no mold in the shower? And they take a picture of what they think is mold and they put it on Google and give you a one-star review. Never addressing it. That's that's hate. Mm -hmm. That's hate, guys. There's a difference. So when it comes to criticism in this situation, the first step is, is there any truth to it? The second step is, can I learn from this lesson? And and the third step is address the problem and fix it. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I'm I was quick to criticize back in the sense of no, I'm not a child. Don't speak to me as a child. But you and I are both young professionals, and in business we are both young, and we are both treated as young. I don't go around flaunting my credentials, and neither do you. But the reality of the fact is my credentials far outweigh the majority of the people I know. I am not a child and I've accomplished more in my 34 years than most people have on their deathbed. But that doesn't make me any better than anybody else. That allows me to have the mindset and the perspective to understand criticism. Okay, guys? It's not a matter of being better than anyone or performing higher than 99% of people I know. It's a matter of having an open mind, tough skin, which is my armor, solving the problem if there is one, and understanding that criticism is just poking holes in your game. And if you can utilize it to get yourself better, you're already winning one criticism at a time. Criticism's really not that difficult, guys. It's just one of those hard ones to really kind of just wrap your mind around that it's actually a positive. It's all a matter of perspective and how yeah, you look at I the situation. I think that's the biggest issue is, you know, we get to these points in our lives where sometimes you just have to accept that you're going to get it or you're not going to No, not get even it. sometimes. You're always going to get it. Right? Everybody gets criticized. But, but, but it's like... I want to get on a whole new tangent because that was a great bringing it all back together. That was a good ender. Yeah. But, you know, there's certain things that you want to just teach people that you can't because they need to have that, I call it the aha moment. Yeah. Where they just realize it for themselves that, you know what? I don't have to get defensive about this. You can only show them the door. They have to walk through it. Guys, take criticism for what it is. It's an opportunity to improve. When you screw up, be like Chris. Stop in the middle of the room, put your hand up, and go, I messed up. I made a mistake. And then you know what you do? You fix it, and you move fucking forward. You accept the mistake. You recognize it for the lesson that it is. And you learn to never make that mistake again. Meaning, I could have yelled back at that customer. And that would have been a big mistake. <sighs> but no. I looked at the criticism for what it is. I saw the problem, I saw the lesson, I responded back, and tonight I will know whether there was actually mold or not. And if there was mold, great. Now I know, now the cleaning lady knows, it's solved, she'll keep her eye on it, the individual will be happy because I responded back with the result, and we're good. Mm -hmm. It's a hole in your game, it's positive. All right, guys, 
we're not going to beat a horse dead here. All right. Um, thank you uh, for supporting us, first and foremost. Thank you for understanding that, um, you know, we have our plates full and that we took a month off and we appreciate your support, uh, you know, in that situation. And, you know, I have a lot of people emailing us yeah. and texting us, you know, telling us how they feel about the, the program. And, and we appreciate it. And you know that if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact us personally. Um, you can email us uh, at the CW clinic at gmail.com. Follow Steve at his Instagram handle of jacksox87. You can follow me. No, follow me on Instagram at chriswarns1. That's C H R I S W A R N E S 1. That's Instagram. Guys, thank you for your support. We are coming at you with episode 18 and 19 later this week to kind of pick up our momentum again. If you need anything from us, you know how to get a hold of us. Steve, give us a sign off. You're all beautiful. Keep those emails coming. You fuel us. Go out there and kick the shit out of life. Yes, sir. They say it's lonely at the top in whatever you do. You always gotta watch motherfuckers around you. Nobody's invincible, no plan is foolproof. We all must meet our moment of truth. The same shiesty cats that you hang with and do your thing with could set you up and wet you up. Nigga, peep the language, it's universal. You play with fire, it may hurt you or burn you. Lessons are blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lace tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. There ain't nobody to trust. It's like sabotage. It's got me ready to bust, but I can't jeopardize what I've done up to this point. So I'ma get more guys to help me run the whole joint.